0: Check, check, one, two, check, mics on. From the world of education to you, my name is Dr. A. Our show is all about finding your voice by connecting our community through collaboration. All right, welcome back to another edition of Mike's On. This is episode 16, and uh, what's cool about this one is on the day that we're recording it is the day it's actually going to drop. So today is Friday, May 1st, 2020, and I have the privilege, the honor uh, of having a very special guest, uh, Rockwood's superintendent, Dr. Mark Miles. Dr. Miles, thank you for being here today.
1: It is my pleasure to be here today. Thank you for having me on episode 16.
0: Yeah, so uh, I'm glad you're not taking offense to being the 16th like my last (laughs) guest, but um, hey, so um, really, you know, I just wanted to know a little bit more about you. One of the things that really impressed me from the get-go about you was um, the vulnerability you had as a leader when you first came to our district this year. You shared a story. Do you mind if we talk about that a minute?
1: I'm happy to
0: share that story. So but. so just so the audience knows a little bit, the story was about a young man named Todd and uh, the struggles and um, the difficulties that Todd went through during educational years, during the formative years, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, in the end, if we find out that Todd was actually you. Yes. So what compelled you? to share your story in that way because that is really opening yourself up in a way that most probably would be fearful of doing.
1: Well, I think just especially early on uh, with our administrative team, I wanted to provide a, a glimpse into who, who I am and, and what drives me and I think we all have our stories to tell and it just so happens that The story of remembering Todd is is my story. And a lot of people would look at me and see a suit and tie and think, uh, oh gosh, things come easy and they've always been easy. The the fact is they haven't always been. Uh, When I was born, I was born to a single mom, uh, Rhonda, who worked at a cap factory and would leave me with my grandparents each day on the farm. And At the age of three, we moved into government housing. And so for a time, uh, my mom and I received welfare. Uh, I went to Head Start when I was three and four years old. And so those early years of education were extremely important to me. And I still have very favorable memories. Uh, And so growing up, I was a recipient of free and reduced lunch. Uh, And even beyond that, though, School is where I found my opportunity for success. It it leveled the playing field for me. Uh, I had great relationships with my teachers because they took a significant interest in me. And so the formulation, the foundation of those relationships was a key to my academic success. I wanted to work hard for my teachers And so I, as an educator, have taken that into my daily practice. I think relationships are extremely important in K-12 education. Um, It is the foundation, I believe. But it's not the only thing. We leverage those relationships, those connections to inspire academic achievement, to inspire great performances on stage, singing, dancing, performing. We use those relationships to inspire greatness in athletics. So I often talk about the three A's, academics, arts, and athletics. I think that provides a balanced foundation for our children uh, to promote their success. It's always my hope that we all find our unique niche in one or more of those areas in our school environments. And so it's always my hope as an educator, as a teacher, as a leader, it was as a principal and and now superintendent to be able to work with others to create exceptional educational experiences that meet the needs of every single one of our children.
0: Yeah, so um, I really appreciate you kind of diving in and and talking a little bit about that because I think it's important for people to realize just a little bit more about who our leaders are because when 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 we look at it from whether it's a teacher perspective, a custodian perspective, a parent perspective, uh, uh, it doesn't matter who you are in the school community. We all look to the superintendent. For guidance for assurance for understanding, but we also know that there are ways in which um, people could lead that that maybe not might not necessarily be true like "Oh, I want to do this because I think it might be the popular thing to do, or I want to do this because it's the easier or less road uh, taken or whatever. You know, so for you to be able to come in and and really offer up who you are as an individual helps us as individuals know that you're a real person. I'm just going to put it like that. And you (laughs) talked a little bit about building relationships and you have a little project that you're working on right now. We have twenty two thousand students, right, at least. And then how many staff do we have in Rockwood?
1: Well, I've gathered a list of about 4,500 staff members. All
0: right. And tell me what you're doing with that 4,500-person list.
1: So as we transitioned to the alternative learning plan, you know, goal one is to maintain relationships. Goal two is to really maintain connection, make sure our students maintain connection with school and the district communities. Uh, Of course, uh, number three is to provide instruction related to essential course outcomes. And number four is to be creative in our approach because it might inform future practices. So in this uncertain time, the first thought I had is, well, what can I do to maintain relationships? As you know, I am continuing the tradition of the superintendent visiting schools. I've always done that as a superintendent. And so, continued that in, during first semester and also second semester. But unfortunately, my school visits have been interrupted. Uh, it's I could go to schools, I guess, but there <laughs> would be no one there. Right. So it would be a lonely endeavor. So I thought, well, I'm going to gather a list of all of our staff members uh, and just randomly reach out to staff members. I It's going to be difficult to make it to all 4,500, so it's very random the, the way I'm doing this. I, I first started uh, during that first week of the alternative learning plan in March with connecting, with reaching out to uh, our administrative team uh, simply to check in. Uh, I know it's a stressful time for everyone. And so... Those early conversations, those early telephone conversations, um, really I call for two reasons. One is simply to check in with people, to check in on their health and the health of family and friends because it's a stressful time for us all. And so I just want to reach out and and touch base and ask about um, people's families and themselves because if there's something that I could do for them, I'm more than willing to do that. Uh, Number two, I wanted to express my thanks and appreciation for all the work that people are doing. We have not really had uh, much time to respond to this challenge. We could have spent years developing an alternative learning plan. In essence, it was done in a matter of weeks. So uh, our leaders who have crafted that plan have done just exceptional uh, work in curriculum, instruction, assessment. So my goal is I'm doing my best to reach out to – it initially started about reaching out to 10 to 20 staff members a day just to touch base and check in. Uh, and so at this point, I've made over 500 contacts with staff members just to touch base and to let them know I'm thinking about them every single day because I know the work that they are, are doing, they've had to be flexible. They've had to be patient, especially with the decisions I've had to make. Sometimes those decisions have been made not day by day, but hour by hour. For example, we had a plan for the dissemination of Chromebooks to our elementary school students on the Monday and Tuesday when the stay-at-home order came out. Well, because that stay-at-home order specified that that would begin on Monday, we had to shift that dissemination time frame to Sunday. And so our technology team did an extraordinary job in getting and shifting the the time frame and, and getting those Chromebooks into the hands of our elementary school students. So, really, I'm doing my best to try to maintain relationships with uh, our staff members. Uh, again, letting them know I, I care. Uh, I'm using my cell phone, so they now have access to my cell phone. So. If they want to call me on snow days to provide some advice uh, on future snow days, uh, I'm open to that as well. But I just want our staff members to know how much I appreciate their extraordinary efforts in this uncertain time. Um, Yes, truly appreciated. So
0: uh, talk about, do you have any particular conversations that really stood out to you or ones that you were like, wow, I'm so (laughs) glad that I made that call?
1: Uh, yes, I, uh, one, I had a conversation. I won't reveal any names, but I had a conversation with um, one of uh, our plumbers. And he said, Dr. Mouse, I got to tell you, uh, no one has ever uh, made this call uh, from district office. And I appreciate you as superintendent uh, reaching out. And I said, when we get back together, uh, I want you to make it a point to stop by my office because I want to shake your hand. he said, well, I'm not sure you want to shake the plumber's hand.
0: I said, yes, I will. Well, I tell you what. Yes, I will. Well, and I think that's what's really making a difference, Mark, is just making sure that you are maintaining relationships, but you're also building them. Because just like you just said, uh, you want to be able to see these people. And so really sometimes this is the first time you're actually talking to the people who you're calling, right?
1: yes yes uh, in in some cases when i make my rounds at each of the schools it's almost impossible to touch mm-hmm. base and to shake hands or bump elbows yeah. with with every single individual and so this is an opportunity for some of our employees this is the first time we've ever had a conversation uh some uh, have said is, is this for real or is this a recording <laughs> uh, and, uh, you could probably so, have some it, fun
0: with that maybe that's your next project <laughs>
1: <laughs> it, it, it could be. Um, I think many staff members are surprised I'm calling and, uh, I think initially they, they're concerned and, and think something is wrong, but, um, it, these, the phone calls have been very refreshing. It's been a great opportunity, uh, to touch base with staff, to learn more about their families and what's going on. Um, in their homes and how they're maneuvering this challenging situation. So it's been just wonderful to hear their stories uh, about how how they are managing the situation.
0: Yeah, so we are now into the month of May. And so we usually at this time, you know, between March and May, you know, it's a pretty emotional time. Pretty much throughout schooling, especially where I am at a middle school, it seems like the kids are, you know, are are, are always dealing with emotion of some sort, right? Um, but certainly in all of our schools, um, there are things now that have been, in a sense, removed from the calendar. Um, you know, what do you? Th- how does that make you feel in terms of you know knowing that our kids won't necessarily have the same things that they they had that other previous generations or or years had had?
1: Uh, Mike, I've spent a lot of time thinking about that. I'm emotional about it. Uh, I'm a father of three. Uh, I also remember what it was like to be a senior in high school. As I think about the class of 2020 and really all of our students uh, in our district, this has not been the plan for how to conclude the 2019-2020 school year. So I'm saddened by some of the decisions. For example, I announced in the weekly video today that we're not going to be holding prom at our high schools. That saddens me. Uh, yeah. I, it, it, my my heart goes out to all those who would have been able to participate. We're still actively considering various alternatives for graduation. We have sets of dates in June and July, and even beyond that, continue to explore some alternatives for graduation because we want to celebrate our seniors. We want to celebrate all of our students because there are end of the year celebrations at all of our schools. So it hurts my heart that we're not going to be able to fully deliver that educational experience, that concluding experience, that capstone experience for so many of our children. And yet, in the midst of this challenge, I have also seen so many creative ideas via social media, online, YouTube, parades that people have put together. That is what is so inspiring, is the creativity that people are putting forth in order to do the best to celebrate and recognize others. So in making those decisions, they're, they're not easy. They are absolutely not easy. We have a responsibility to our community to support public health, and we have a responsibility to our students who are counting on us to continue to deliver deliver that extraordinary educational experience. Uh, During the regular graduation days, May 18th, 19th, 20th, and 21st, our high school principals are organizing a senior salute parade. So each school will have a parade. That will be a unique experience. We may not ever have an experience like this again. So I'm excited to participate while maintaining appropriate social distance we're going to be creative in how we celebrate uh, our seniors Uh, and that's one example Uh, and then still even beyond that that's not going to take the place of graduation ceremonies we are intent uh, to have graduation ceremonies to provide that celebration that sense of closure for our students and staff
0: yeah and i i really appreciate you speaking to that and then i want you to start thinking a little forward as i know you always are you're always thinking about the days ahead but as, as we look to the fall and we look to um, the way things could, could play out, you know, what what do you consider? What, what have you guys, because I know you talked about the task force and, and the, the, um, the weekly update as well. Um, you know, what do you see? I mean, I know you're not a prognosticator. You can't vision the future necessarily. But what kind of things do kind of crop up in your mind in terms of, the days ahead going into the 2021 school years
1: well safety is always on my mind and uh, as i mentioned in in the video this morning many medical professionals expect an additional wave if not more of COVID 19 in in the fall and that's absent any medical progress with vaccines and treatment so uh, we're already planning for that with our transition teams but initially i'm thinking about physical safety maintaining social distancing. Is that possible in uh, our schools? Again, we have a responsibility to do our best to keep our students and staff safe during the school day. We'll need to probably build in some regular routines for using hand sanitizer, washing our hands that previously We just took for granted. I don't know that we'll be able to use water fountains in our schools. What will the cafeteria look like? Will we need to have our students eat their meals in our classrooms? Will we limit the movement of students throughout the school day? Maybe in some of our schools we have the educators who are moving around the school building and our students uh, maintain their presence in one location throughout the day? Um, How do we appropriately limit visitors to our schools if the need arises? How do we protect our front office staff from potential spread of COVID-19 and exposure to COVID-19? What does social distancing look like on a school bus? Uh, So all of those are, are questions that we are pondering and asking, Of course, we have uh, scheduled some time to work with the St. Louis County Department of Public Health and some other area superintendents because there'll, there'll be some common expectations um, uh, throughout the region, I think. Another question is how do we monitor temperature and anyone that has a fever uh, will be very insistent that if students and staff are ill, they should stay home Um, it likely won't be a recommendation it will be an expectation to keep everyone safe i think we'd all like to return to a sense of normalcy where handshakes hugs and high fives are commonplace i think in the short term uh, those daily routines like that are going to be challenging um, as we're trying to maintain community health so there are about a thousand questions <laughs> we're pondering, and then as we answer each of those questions, there are an additional five questions right. related to that. So we recognize we need to be flexible in our approach. We need to be creative in our approach, and we're going to do the best job that we can to return to our schools in the fall. We we still have the potential to have some in-person summer school. Later in June, July or August, we're continuing to explore that. So we're going to maintain hope and optimism uh, for that opportunity. We'll also have a contingency plan for continued remote learning. Well, that's not our preference at this point, we have to be prepared for that. And then we also have to be prepared in the fall uh, semester and the winter semester for short-term or long-term shutdown once again uh, of, of our schools. So I'm one that likes to plan for the future in the short term and the long term. Unfortunately, it's, it's difficult to be able to fully plan and have the answer. And I know that's it's frustrating for me. It's frustrating for our parents and our community not to have the answer because so much is changing so quickly and you know mike at the beginning of the year i asked our administrative team for patience and grace (laughs) and i continue to use those words in the midst of this challenge with COVID 19 just asking for patience and grace from student staff and community members parents uh, and then understanding and flexibility are a couple of terms i've used frequently as well um I, too, would love to have all of the answers and would love to have a crystal ball. But it, I want our community to know that we are planning. Uh, we are absolutely planning to resume normal school operations to the extent possible, and yet we'll be prepared for other alternatives as well.
0: Yeah, so um, when you think of uh, this time that we're going through, do, do you see yourself um, – like, I'm looking for silver linings. I'm looking for, um, when you think of your, your own world, right? How have things changed for you personally now that we're, we're, we're operating differently, you know, have you, have you been more reflective? Have you been more, um, you know, because for me that, that's, that's pretty much what's gone on here is this has allowed me because the schedules have been blown up in a sense. You know, and yes. any kind of any kind of sports schedule that my kids had, we don't have to worry about anymore. Right. So now it's us with our kids and it's given yes. us time to have time with our families and be more reflective in really little things. Like we flew a kite yesterday and that was the first time my <laughs> second grader had flown a kite. Right. So for you, anything like that come up during this time?
1: Well, I know that we all need to take care of uh, our own mental health. Um, And so at the conclusion of each day, I have been walking. I've been walking a couple of miles a day at least, uh, just getting out into the neighborhood and and, uh, walking again, maintaining appropriate social distancing. And often it's the, the girls, um, both daughters and um, uh, my wife, uh, getting out and walking from time to time when we have the opportunity to do so. My wife is a teacher as well right. um, for SSD and Lindbergh. And so she's – I've seen uh, the extraordinary efforts on her part as well. i have just – what I've been impressed with is the, the creativity. It, it's almost forced innovation and forced creativity I don't think any of us would have chosen uh, this remote learning environment. But it's really related to the fourth goal within the alternative learning plan is be creative, be innovative, try something new. Don't be afraid to fail. That's a great lesson for life is, is being innovative, trial and error. We can learn so much, learning what went well and replicate that and share those best practices with others. But if something didn't go well, be vulnerable, vulnerable enough and and willing to say, well, that didn't work, but now I'm going to try this. Here's another idea. And so I think in education, sometimes we're very fearful of trying something and it not working. Well, this is a great example of where let's try some things and identify what's working and not working and truly learn from that. Uh, we've deployed a survey related to the alternative learning plan, and we want to know what's going well and also what's not going well. So, as the as the time comes, if we would have to do this again in the fall, hopefully, we will have had an opportunity to learn uh, from those challenges and uh, to improve upon the processes that that we've put in place. So, I I, um, I miss. Being around our students and staff members every single day, um, the opportunity that I that I have, I've been a part of some unique celebrations and in, in small groups with people with social distancing. But just to see others and interact with others is such a privilege. I don't believe I will ever take that uh, for granted in the future. The opportunity to fully interact with uh, others, it is a gift. Yeah, right. It's an, an absolute gift.
0: And uh, and that's one thing that I've really appreciated about getting as I've gotten to know you is that uh, you know the people part of all of this is the is really the most important thing. You know, we we um, you know I, I talked with our staff a little bit about. Curriculum versus connections, you know, and uh, I think teachers a lot of times, you know, they want to do right by the curriculum. You know, they want to make sure they're they're getting to the to the stuff that they need to get to, um, but I think it always bubbles to the surface that the. Con- the connection that you have with the people in your classroom is what is most important so this has okay. forced people into a different place and you know people had never zoomed a conference before this and so now they all are experts right they all know how to how to have a waiting room and keep kids out if yeah. they you know are because are at the middle school level we get we get some things where You know, our kids will will maybe play around a little bit instead of get in and get engaged. And so so we've learned quite a bit about how to how to do this kind of thing. Um, I am going to switch gears on you, though, because I want to know a little bit about um, what maybe your first thought jumping out of of high school was in terms of a career to where you are now.
1: (laughs) Well, I initially went uh, uh, into my first semester thinking business administration and then quickly transitioned to political science because I thought, well, I would love to be an attorney. I I love the law, and and, uh, it's interesting. Um, My master's degree is in political science, and so I studied the Constitution as part of that. Some people would say, oh, gosh, that's a dry, boring endeavor, but legal concepts really uh, intrigue me. So, But it was that first semester I began to think, well, with my interest in history, political science, what sort of career could I engage in that would allow me to use that information? And then what I carry with me always is the relationships I had with my teachers. And so I thought for a time, I'll teach for a couple of years and then return to law school but I would tell you, I started as a—I always thought I was going to be a high school teacher after that first semester. Well, I was hired at a middle school, mm. Smith the Middle School in Columbia, Missouri, and I fell in love. With
0: I knew there was school. something wrong with you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so you know, as a middle school teacher and as a middle school principal, you have to have unique perspectives, just like the emerging adolescents do uh, as well. You have to be a bit quirky. And so I just fell in love with middle school and as a teacher and, and principal, just a valuable experience and that those memories too, I carry with me every single day. I cherish that time uh, as a teacher and principal. And uh, I still miss the classroom. I, I love that the relationship, the experience that uh, one can create within one's own uh, classroom. And, uh, it's difficult to replicate that, but, uh, uh, quickly after I started my uh, educational experience in college, I, I knew I was headed into the education route. Uh, and then while I had that thought about being an attorney, well, I get to deal with the law every day. Now, <laughs> uh, the, uh, the, the opportunity to, to serve as a superintendent is a privilege as well.
0: Yes. Yeah, so, um, You know, one of the things, talking about your visits to the schools, you know, it's not just a visit for you, Dr. Miles. It's like uh, you want to learn a new craft or a new skill while you're there, because I know that while you were in Selvage, at least for one of your visits, I mean, you donned an apron and you got right to work in the cafeteria and you were working right alongside everybody else. And uh, I thought that was really cool. But I know you do that everywhere you go.
1: Well, it is uh, part of it. It's almost like an undercover boss. I (laughs) want to understand the daily challenges and the experiences of our staff members as well. So if I recall, that was during the Thanksgiving meal preparation. Yes, yes. Uh, A great memory. (laughs) And um, the child nutrition staff and I had a great time that day. Hard work uh, serving hundreds of students each and every day. And the way in which you want to talk about supply chain management they were a highly functioning team, uh, knowing what one another is doing. I was so impressed uh, with the process. It, it, was, it, it was inspirational. And so I'll ask you a question, Dr. Anselmo. Yeah. During, during this challenge, what has inspired you?
0: Well, I would tell you that uh, anytime I see uh, our teachers really just take a risk in what's going on here, It really does excite me and and lets me know that they're willing to um, put themselves out there in a way that, that maybe they're not totally comfortable with. And so that inspires me, but it's also just the people around me and seeing what they're doing. I love being able to learn from other schools and how they are handling situations. I love seeing some of the videos that we've seen. Like We've got a bucket challenge going on right now within... Well, it started with, with salvage and somehow it's creeped out into Baldwin elementary now. And, 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 and I just saw it yesterday, but it was actually a few days ago that it was posted and it was really cool because it was the, a couple of the teachers there at Baldwin and they had communicated obviously um, either through text or phone calls or whatever, but each of them was going to take a part. So there was three of them and, and just, it was real simple, but they just kept passing the bucket out of frame back and forth because nobody wanted to actually do the bucket and then and it was just kind of a fun thing to see but little things like that really inspire me to try new things you know where we're like oh that's so clever you know i just love seeing uh how, how ingenious some of us are given a little bit of time to think about a a project or, uh, you know, a design process. I mean, that's the kind of stuff we've been talking about for years and now we're forced into it. And I think that's, what's really inspired me is to say that it's really kind of uh, reinvigorated me in terms of what my purpose is, you know? And so it makes me feel like, okay, I can do this and I can do that. And now we can marry them together. Cause like you were talking, I do think the fall is going to look different. I don't know what it's going to look like. And, and, uh, but I think that we are in a better place now uh, going through the process that we're going through now in terms of being able to switch from one to the other, if needed, that kind of stuff. So I'm just inspired by uh, people like yourself too. I don't know how, you find balance. I don't know how you are able to, uh, do what you do in terms of just the, the task of 4,500 people that you are trying to get through. Like you are on a mission to make sure that you get to everybody. Um, and it's really cool to know that that's something that you have in your heart that you want to make sure you do. Um, cause it's that important to you. That to me is really cool and makes me feel like, um, yeah, there's other things that I could be doing as well to to try and connect people. So, I see it all over the place. Um yes. you know, but yeah, I I love how you tried to flip this on me, but uh but listen, I just want to make sure that you know that uh uh that uh you are I'm sorry. I know I got a up there for just a second. Well, I froze up because somebody was trying to call me and I had to decline <laughs> for a moment. So, <laughs> so we are going to wrap up though, but, uh, anything else that you would like to, um, share with, with, you know, our listening audience or, uh, you know, words of wisdom, any shout outs, anything like that?
1: Well, uh, the shout outs go to our students, staff, parents who have become educators in in so many ways uh, for the patience and flexibility again i continue to appreciate the support of our board of education they uh, support our students and our entire community Uh, this community is extraordinary this is a very challenging time and i think we're learning so much about each other We're learning about our organization and our community. Uh, I hope that we emerge from this challenge better and brighter than ever before, and that we acknowledge and take time in the future to fully consider the the blessings that we have uh, around us, and specifically the people that we have around us. I think our people are the keys to our success as an organization. And I've, I've said often in a time of crisis, sometimes you see the best in people in crisis and sometimes you see the worst in people in crisis. And I will tell you from my perspective, as I look throughout the Rockwood School District, I have seen the best in people and so uh, let us continue to be the best we can be throughout this challenge and beyond
0: all right well dr miles thank you so much for being here today and sharing your work with us sharing who you are with us it's so important for us to just recognize that we're all in this together and so i really appreciate you taking a few minutes to letting us get to know you a little bit better and be inspired by who you are so thank you sir
1: You are so welcome at this point. Mike's off.
0: All right. Till next time. Join
1: us in the weeks to come as we learn and
0: grow together.